Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends. In this episode, we'll be discussing the thyroid, an endocrine organ that makes hormones that impact our mental health. Women have much higher rates of thyroid dysfunction compared to men. So we're going to talk about the thyroid today, how it impacts our mental health, the common symptoms from a mental health perspective, and what we can do to support our thyroid system. Let's start with describing what the thyroid is and does. The thyroid gland is a butterfly-shaped endocrine organ in the neck that releases thyroid hormone, which is part of a complex endocrine system responsible for so much in our bodies. Here's how that part of the system works. The hypothalamus in the brain releases a hormone called TRH, thyrotropin-releasing hormone, which then goes to the pituitary gland, which leads the pituitary to release TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone which then goes to the thyroid gland to trigger the release of thyroid hormone. T4 and T3 are two types of thyroid hormone, and in the body, T4 is converted to the active form T3. There's also a feedback loop in the body that ensures that there's homeostasis, so there's a negative feedback loop system. When a woman has too little thyroid hormone, a common mental health effect is depression, while when it's too high, there can be anxiety. Thyroid problems can also lead to changes in energy, appetite, and cognitive issues. There's also been a relationship described between certain types of thyroid dysfunction, such as that related to autoimmune disease and antibodies, and bipolar disorder symptoms. And in some rare cases, it can also lead to symptoms of psychosis. There's also a myriad, a number of different physical effects of thyroid being deficient or too plentiful in the body, but we're going to focus specifically on the mental health effects here in this podcast. If you are having symptoms of what you think is anxiety or depression or irritability or other mental health-related symptoms, and you've never had your thyroid hormone checked, I do recommend doing so. I make sure to check the levels of thyroid hormone in all of my patients at least every couple of years. Additionally, there are certain types of psychiatric medications that can impact the thyroid gland. So for example, a number of my patients with bipolar disorder are prescribed the medication lithium, and that can definitely impact the thyroid. So it's important to get it checked regularly. There are some facts particularly important for women. Number one, thyroid dysfunction is more common as a woman gets into middle age. Number two, Thyroid function is essential for a healthy pregnancy. And number three, the postpartum window is a vulnerable one for the development of hypothyroidism for women. These are the reasons I routinely check thyroid hormone levels in my patients. There's also something called subclinical hypothyroidism, which some clinicians think is a controversial diagnosis. This is when the lab studies are technically within normal range but a person might still be experiencing some symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. What's interesting is that the range of what's normal is actually more narrow for women who are pregnant than for those outside of the pregnancy window. And so some data suggests that the overall window 
should be more narrow, like it is during pregnancy. And it's that more narrow window that I sometimes like to use with my patients as well. Let me share a case example with you. I had a patient who came to see me, and she was about a year postpartum. And back during her pregnancy, she was actually taking thyroid hormone because her labs indicated that her TSH was elevated. After pregnancy, she discontinued the medication. And so just as an aside here, a lot of patients find themselves kind of in this gap of care once they're past the six weeks postpartum, because that's often the time that they last see their obstetrician or midwife. And then they're sort of in this gap of not having necessarily a clinician who's working with them during the postpartum period. So I think that it's really important to make sure that you have a clinician, whether it's a primary care doctor or another clinician that you can connect with after you've finished working with your OB after that six-week postpartum visit. Someone who's going to be keeping an eye on you. Anyway, back to this patient. When she came to see me, she was having some symptoms of low mood and low energy. And we checked her labs again. And while her TSH was technically normal for someone outside of pregnancy, it was higher than it was a year prior. And we decided to add back some thyroid hormone for her. We did a number of other things like check her other thyroid labs and more. But for simplicity, we're just going to focus on this. Now, it took a couple of months, but she noticed a gradual improvement in her mood and energy levels. And we kept a close eye to make sure that she didn't swing in the other direction and become hyperthyroid, which is something that can lead to elevated anxiety. Thyroid hormone has also been studied as a way to help treat depression, even outside of those individuals who have thyroid dysfunction. There have been several large studies that use thyroid hormone as a way to augment antidepressants successfully, meaning to add to an antidepressant treatment for additional impact. One of the most famous of these studies was called the STAR-D trial. STAR-D stands for Sequenced Treatment Alternatives to Relieve Depression. And this was a really large multi-center study that enrolled 4,000 individuals and took them through a set algorithm for the treatment of depression. One of the middle steps was adding thyroid hormone as an augmentation strategy. And that study was done in the early 2000s. Since then, multiple studies have looked at thyroid as an augmentation strategy. In fact, just this past week, in early April of 2022, the Journal of Affective Disorders looked at various augmentation options and found that thyroid supplementation for the treatment of depression was both helpful and had fewer side effects, meaning it was less likely to be discontinued compared to some other treatment options. Let me share with you another case example of this. A patient with moderate symptoms of depression came to see me, and she was already taking an antidepressant medication, but she was still struggling with symptoms of low energy, low mood, difficulty motivating, and she was sleeping a bit too much or staying in bed, and really just described herself as, quote-unquote, always tired. Depression can be a very physical experience sometimes described as a weight that kind of sits on you. And so with her, we checked her labs, and technically her thyroid hormone was within the normal range. Because she was also experiencing some other symptoms, like constipation and some difficulty losing weight with some emotional eating, we decided to try a low dose of thyroid hormone. Her mood improved, 
She felt more energy in the morning, and she was able to motivate to do other things that would support herself in her mental health, like go for walks and access her psychotherapy skills. So this is an example of using thyroid hormone to augment antidepressant treatment. As always, I do want to encourage everyone who's listening who are considering these kinds of treatment options for themselves to make sure that you're working with a doctor who's supportive of your treatment goals and journey and make sure that you always ask questions and make sure that you provide that doctor with all of the information about your medical history and symptoms so that they can give you the appropriate counseling about whether or not some of these options are appropriate for you. The final bit of information that I want to mention is what you can do to support healthy thyroid function. There are a number of different foods to consider that can help support your thyroid. Good sources of iodine is important in order to support healthy thyroid. And so some of those things include iodized table salt. It includes things like saltwater fish, dairy products, and eggs. Those are some things to consider from a dietary perspective to make sure that you're supporting your thyroid. And the second thing to consider is exercise. There's actually been some data on moderate exercise as a way to support healthy thyroid function. And there's a few different mechanisms by which that might be effective, one of which is that exercise is something that is anti-inflammatory. Over time, mild to moderate exercise, routine exercise can overall decrease the inflammation in your body. I'm not talking about kind of the immediate slight inflammatory response if you're doing heavy lifting or other kinds of intense exercise. But routine, regular, moderate aerobic exercise can decrease inflammation in the body. And other strategies to decrease inflammation in the body, such as uh, avoiding certain kinds of refined sugars and processed foods, basically decreasing the amount of inflammation in your body can help support a healthy thyroid. So when you're thinking about supporting your thyroid function, I would consider the different dietary changes that you might be able to make and make sure that you're getting some appropriate exercise, along with making sure that you're monitoring your thyroid appropriately with your doctor and keeping in mind thyroid function when you're thinking about your mental health and appropriate mental health treatment. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.